Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Murder on the Orient Express in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Firstly, uh, sorry that I'm getting this episode out a little late. I did have plans to release an episode at noon on time, but uh, time would not allow it to happen that way. So you're getting this uh, six to seven hours later than intended. And I apologize because I didn't mean for things to come out so late. Uh, so, uh, like I said, today we're going to talk about Murder of the Orient Express. This is the 2017 film remade from the 19, I want to say 74, 1974 classic uh, from Sidney Lumet. And uh, this is the Kenneth Branagh version, featuring an all-star cast, hence statistics. Um, yeah. I thought it was fine. I I don't, you know, I, I discussed this afterwards about how I don't think that it really warranted an, uh, a remake given what the final product was. I, I don't know. I think I like Kenneth Branagh, but I, I think he could have just, uh, I don't know, I think he could have done something more different and more unique with the material. And... I think if you're not going to do something different from the material, uh, whether that's changing the time period of the film or uh, changing the place that the film takes place or, or, or uh, adjusting character roles and uh, technologies and all of that sort of thing, um, something has to be different. You know, This isn't a movie that benefits from having... 2017 special effects as opposed to 1974 special effects like they're largely irrelevant so other than that and the cast you're not really paying to see much else new so uh, that all said the movie was fine I would not take it I would definitely take the original over this any day I think comparably they are the original is just superior in almost every way so uh, all that being said, uh, Murder, on the, Murder on the Orient Express was, I viewed it today, November 10th, uh, 2017. Uh, I collected it 109 minutes, one hour and 49 minutes, so uh, about 10 minutes shy of two hours. Uh, it's a 2017 film, and my summary for this is the same as my summary for the original film, uh, which is, a detective is required to solve a murder on a stopped train. Uh, it applied then, it still applies now. Uh, I ended up rating it in a 53 out of 100, and it has a current Rotten Tomato score of 60, so in the ballpark. 53 puts it on par with three other films released this year. Uh, the Glass Castle, which I saw back in August, Alien Covenant from May, and the foreign language fe- uh, film First They Killed My Father from Angelina Jolie, which I saw in October. As far as directors go, uh, I mentioned it is directed by Kenneth Branagh. This is the sixth credit of his that I have on my spreadsheet. Uh, and it, 
he now has an average film rating of 60 even. Uh, he is, one second, one second. Where'd it go? Uh, he, this is his first film rated in the 50s and his fourth highest rated film overall. It comes in behind Thor and ahead of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, he now has a value of 2.5 and a score of 47.5, which t puts him tied with about eight other people, uh, including Stephen Daldry, um, three-time Oscar-nominated Stephen Daldry for The Reader, The Hours, and Billy Elliot, uh, Oscar-winning director Robert Benton for Kramer vs. Kramer, and... Um, couple of a uh, handful of animated film directors as well all tied at 47.5 moving on to writers uh, the, uh, the 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 person credited with adapting the film is Michael Green this is his seventh film credit uh, he now has an average film rating of 61.43 it is his third film rated in the 50s and sixth highest rated film overall it comes in slightly behind or on par with Alien Covenant, another film he wrote from this year that's also rated 53, and just ahead of 2048, Nowhere to Run, one of the short films preceding Blade Runner 2049. Uh, he has a film value of 2. He has a score of 49.78, uh, which puts him at 250th overall. Uh, puts him behind uh, Patty Chayefsky, who is the... Uh, Oscar-winning writer of Network, Marty, and The Hospital, and uh, just ahead of Carl Foreman, Oscar-winning writer of The Bridge of the River Kwai, and uh, Jim Taylor, Oscar-winning writer of Sideways and nominated for Election. Um, returning, uh, going back to... Oh, no, I did say that. Okay, we covered that. Uh, also getting credit as a writer on this is, of course, Agatha Christie. This is the third uh, film of hers that I've seen with a credit uh, for her. Uh, it lowers her average film rating to a 71.33. It is her only film rated in the 50s and her third highest rated film, coming in behind the original Murder on the Orient Express, and it is her lowest rated film. She has a film value of 2.5 and now a score of 45.30. That puts her ranked 412th overall behind Derek Cianfrance, who is the writer of Blue Valentine and The Place Beyond the Pines, and ahead of John Henry Butterworth, credited with Edge of Tomorrow and the biopic Get On Up. And uh, also actors. There are a lot of people in this movie that are very recognizable faces. No, um, oh, that doesn't help. And uh, let me make sure, I'll be careful to try and parse through who was on the original film and who was on the remake. Uh, let's see. Uh, the highest ranked person at the moment that was in this movie is Willem Dafoe. Uh, Dafoe playing the professor in this film. This is his 41st film credit. It lowers his film rating, average film rating, to a 62.85. It is his fifth film, rated in the 50s, and his 30th best film overall. It comes in behind Spider-Man 3 and ahead of Born on the Fourth of July. He now has a value of 19 and a score of 79.93, which ranks him at 51st, so he does fall out of the top 50 due to this film, unfortunately. 
Next up is Judy Dench. Uh, she plays the princess, and this is her 25th film credit. She lowers her average film rating to a 65.6. Uh, this is her fifth film, rated in the 50s, and her 19th highest rated film overall. Coming in behind uh, this year, uh, another film from this year, Victoria and Abdul, and ahead of Spectre. Murder on the Orient Express keeps her value at a 12 and drops her score to a 76.24, which puts her at 89th overall, coming in one spot behind Kristen Wiig, one spot ahead of Daniel Day-Lewis. Those people. Next up is Johnny Depp. This is the 48th film of his I've seen and lowers his average film rating to a 58.56. This is his second film, Ray in the 50s, and 31st highest rated film overall. It comes in behind The Brave and ahead of Dead Man. This uh, keeps his value at 11.5, drops his score to a 69.22, which ranks him 232nd overall. He is right behind Vincent Schiavelli and right ahead of John Candy, the late John Candy. Uh, next up is Derek Jacoby. Uh, he actually was just added to the list due to this movie. Uh, turns out I had been overlooking him a couple of, for a while. He is the old man uh, butler guy to Johnny Depp's gangster. Uh, this is his 11th film credit, uh, and he has an average film rating of 66.82. It is one of his two films rated in the 50s and his 10th best film overall. It comes in behind The Golden Compass and ahead of his worst film, Underworld Evolution. He has a film value of 7.5 and a score of 64.04 to be ranked 409th overall. Comes in right behind Isaac DeBancol. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And right ahead of Jack Warden. Derek Jacoby. Let's see who else we have. Kenneth Branagh himself playing uh, Poirot. This is his 12th film credit that I've seen and lowers his average film rating to a 62.08. It is his only film rated in the 50s and his 8th best film overall, coming in behind the documentary With Great Power, colon, The Stan Lee Story, of which he plays himself, and ahead of Wild Wild West. This uh, keeps his film value at a 5 and lowers his, uh, his total score to a 58.71. Uh, that ranks him at 692nd, tied with Zachary Levi. Levi? Levi. I don't know why I said it that way. Uh, behind Donald Crisp and ahead of Conrad Vernon. 692nd. Uh, next up is Olivia Coleman. This is her ninth film and it lowers her average film rating to a 64.89. It is her second film rating in the 50s and sixth best film overall. Coming in behind I Give It a Year and ahead of Cuban Fury. And her film value is a 4.5, and her score is now 57.59. She is now ranked 782nd behind Ben Chaplin and ahead of Kurt Russell. Next is the recently returned to acting Michelle Pfeiffer. She, this is her 13th film credit. And she has an average film rating of 61.69. It is her third film rated in the 50s and ninth best film overall. Uh, coming in behind The Age of Innocence and ahead of I Am Sam. She has a film value of 4 
a score of 57.47 and is ranked 791st. This puts her behind a couple of people at 786, including Paul Schneider, um, among others, and ahead of Lois Smith, uh, rated 792. Next up is... Next up is Lasko Atkins. Uh, not one of the main characters, but was one of the people who come, who arrives to uh, dig the train out of the snow. This is his 15th film credit I've seen. He has an average rating of 53.80. It is his third film rated in the 50s and eighth best film overall. It comes in behind Allied and ahead of Breathe. He has, an, uh, he has a film value of negative 0.5 and a score of 46.97. He is ranked 1,734th overall, which puts him behind uh, Rosario Dawson and Artie Lang and Faye Ray, who are all tied at 1729th, and ahead of Parker Posey, one spot behind him. Um, not a lot of people left, and trying to avoid all the people from the original film. Next up is um, Ray, or Daisy Ridley, this is her third film credit I've seen and lowers her average film rating to a 62.33. It is her only film rated in the 50s and her second best film overall, coming in behind The Force Awakens and ahead of Blue Season, a short film. She has, an, uh, she has a film value of 0.5 and a score of 37.9. She is ranked, or she is tied at 2,714th overall with Arthur O'Connell and Matthew Glaive, who... I wouldn't expect anyone to recognize. Maybe Arthur O'Connell. He is Oscar nominated, uh, which puts her ahead of Ralph Brown and a couple of others, including Phyllis Smith, who voices uh, Sadness in Inside Out, and Priyanka Chopra. Uh, next up is Lucy Boynton. Uh, this is her second film credit, uh, lowering her average film rating to a 71. It is her first and only film in the 50s and her worst film, so second out of two, and it comes in behind Sing Street, which was kind of her breakout performance last year. She has a value of 1.5 and a score of 37. She's ranked 2,788th along with 15 other people, including Jon Stewart, uh, Jean Desjardins, James Gleason, Eric Idle, Amy Sedaris, and Molly Shannon, among others, um, and puts her ahead of Tony Cox. Next up is Josh Gad. Uh, Gad's, this is Gad's 17th film credit I've seen. Raises his average film rating to a 42.06. This is fifth film rated in the 50s and sixth best film overall, coming in behind 21 and ahead of The Rocker. Uh, Gad has a Film value of negative 9.5 and a score of 28.13. He's ranked 3,447th overall, behind Kristen Connolly and ahead of Stephanie uh, Shostak. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, next up is Penelope Cruz, Oscar winner Penelope Cruz. This is her 13th film that I've seen, and improves her average film rating to a 39.85. It's her only film rating in the 50s, and her fourth best film overall. 
coming in behind Vicky Cristina Barcelona and ahead of Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. She has a film value of negative 9.5 and a score of 27.53. She is ranked 3,473rd overall, uh, coming in behind DJ Qualls and ahead of a bunch of people, including Jonathan Riss Myers, Marilyn Manson, Rex Harrison, and others. Emily Browning. And uh, also is Leslie Odom Jr. This is his second film credit. Uh, he has an average film rating of 46. Most notably, he is uh, from the musical Hamilton. Uh, this is his first film rated in the 50s and best film overall uh, of the two films I've seen him in. The other being Red Tails, which is worse than Murder on the Orient Express. He has a film value of negative one, a score of 22, and is ranked 3,775th overall. Tied with a couple other people, including Hannah Simone, Pedro Pascal, Abby Jacobson. And that's that's all the credits I found uh, that were relevant to my spreadsheet at the moment. Moving on to genre, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, rated a 53 in 2017, satisfies the genre of crime, uh, lowering the average film rating of crime films to 60.80. It's also a drama, lowering that average rating to 62.97, as well as mystery, lowering that average film rating to 57.23. It is currently not nominated for any Academy Awards. However, it has not been eligible yet. And I find it unlikely. Uh, you know, maybe like costumes or production, I think, would be its best best options. But I think that there are better things out there in all of those categories. And one's not listed. That I didn't say. As a film from 2017, uh, it is the 207th film released this year that I've seen. And the 989th film of this year, or yeah, 989th film this year that I've seen. Uh, it improves the average film rating of 2017 releases to 48.57, drops the average tomato meter of 2017 releases to 61.42. As a crime film, is the 24th crime film from this year that I've seen, is the 85th drama, and the 21st mystery. Uh, it ends up with a one on the Bechtel test. I don't believe any of the female characters ever really have a conversation with each other, which makes it the one of the 33.33% of films from this year to be receive, to receive a one on that scale. It is PG-13 film, which makes it the 55th PG-13 film from 2017 that I've seen, which is still 31 films shy of how many R-rated films I've seen, which is at 86. Uh, it doesn't break into my top anything, nor the IMDb top 250, uh, and none, none of the elements of this film show up on the Circle of Film Awards. So it is largely irrelevant um, statistically and otherwise. Seems to be doing pretty decent at the box office. Uh, I know a lot of people on the Fantasy Movie League are hoping that it comes in above and under a particular amount, uh, depending on how many of them you played. And it looks to be kind of right in between all of those numbers at the moment, but we're still early on in the weekend. Uh, 
Um, other than that, uh, that's pretty much it for Murder, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, not too big of an issue statistically. Uh, it does end up outside of my top 100 films from 2017 at the moment at number 102, uh, which is not great, although it is in the top 50%, so, you know, there's that. And, um, yeah, that's about it for Murder on the Orange Express. Uh, again, apologies for getting this episode out late and for it being a little bit brief and short. I will do my best to remedy that uh, on Monday when the next episode is released. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to learn more about the podcast, about the statistics, about the spreadsheet, uh, about me, you can head over to circleoffilm.com. And if you would like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, you can check out patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And as always, have a week. So long, I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu In the name of love One night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute So long